Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to us from Mavuno Church. Woohoo! Do you know the meaning of Mavuno in English? Harvest. So, coming to us from Mavuno Church, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Pastor Mike Onen. He has done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. If I had 10,000 tongues, it still wouldn't be enough. When you heal, you heal completely. If he can do it, and we say, Say, what shall we render? What shall I render to Jehovah? For he, has, for he has done so very much for me. What shall I render? What shall I render to Jehovah? To Jehovah. For he has, for he has done so very much for me. Father, accept our worship, accept our offerings this evening. Let it rise to you even as a sweet-smelling sacrifice, O oh God. We thank you and we bless you. And we pray this with thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. And you all say, Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for yourselves this evening. Good evening, Worship Harvest Church. I know I look confident, but I'm shaking right now. <laughs> but it's such an honor, it's such a privilege to be here this evening. Mose, thank you for inviting me, you know, and just to be here and just to share a word. Worship Harvest is, I need to tell you the story about my Mavuna and Worship Harvest. So, I got married um, a few years ago, just a few years just nine years ago, just nine years ago. But, but I, got, I, went and, I went and imported another African one at a time. We're doing that one at a time, importing another African. So, but when, I, but when we, we came back to settle in Uganda, I was looking for a church. Now, believe it or not, that Mavuno Church started at about the same time that Worship 
harvest church started. Did you guys know that? About the same time. And they were across the road. So this was Katikati, and then worship, and then Mavuno was happening on the other side. Did you guys know that? So I come back, I'm like, you know, I'm looking for a church, and then my mom is like, okay, yeah, you know, your cousins, Emmanuel, uh, Evelyn, they are somewhere there. They are somewhere in Kampala, somewhere, like. So it was just this close that I could have been here. But I'm still here anyway, amen? Amen. Amen. And we're just one body, serving one Lord with one faith. And so it's amazing every time that we get to be together as one, un- as one unit as we are this evening. But just allow me just to appreciate my wife who's here with me this evening. The wife of my youth. Yes. She's slaying in the name of Jesus. It's okay. And I thought, just like Moses said, I turned 40 years old on Monday. I, I, I know I don't look 40, but that's, that's, that's the power of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus. And I know for some of you, it might not be such a big feat. Some of you have already gotten the fourth floor. You have put the slabbing. The pillars are up. The roof is about to go. It's okay. I have just arrived there. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Slab attack. It's okay. So, but I'm just here to just share a word with you. And I'm, I pray that even as I share this evening, that it would encourage somebody. Because I believe that we are in a season, we're in a new season where God wants to do something different in your life than happened last year. Tell your neighbor, say you're in the best year of your life. Now, some of you might not believe it because you're not driving that car yet or you're not staying in that house yet, but you are living in the best year of your life. When I turned 40, my wife said, how do you feel? I said, for some reason, I feel brand new. I don't understand. You know, they say midlife crisis, what? Guys are confused. I'm like, man, I, I feel young. I feel like there's so much to achieve ahead. Like, I'm excited about this new season. And I told somebody, I said, I'm in the best year of my life, even as I've turned 40. So you're in the best year of your life. And I just want to read. So um, I want to read this morning. Um, I'm sorry, this evening. I'm used to preaching in the, the morning. But they're from the book of Genesis chapter 26. And I'll read from verse 1 to verse 6. And then I'll read from verse 12 to verse 14. My brother Chris shared from this scripture yesterday. But God was saying something even as he was sharing yesterday. But I want to read from the New Living Translation. All right. It's quite a reading. So allow me to read. But do look into your device, your Bible, if you have the hard copy, whatever it is that you're holding. Bible says, a severe famine now struck the land as happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. And I move to verse 12 now. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man. Air Force One. And his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And even as we just um, jump into this conversation, Lord, we just ask that, that Lord, that you would just open our hearts and soften our hearts and our minds to receive the word that you're going to speak to us this evening. 
That, Father, that you would use me even as a vessel, that beyond my expertise, beyond my preparation, Lord, beyond any gifting that I think I might have, oh God, that you would use me even as a vessel of honor this evening. And so, Father, we thank you and we bless you even as you speak to us, for we pray this with thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. And you all say? Now, I'm sure many of you have heard this story and have read this scripture before about Isaac being in the place where God had asked him to be. Now, you need to understand that Gerar was in a place of famine. There was no water. And I know some of you might say, you know, just like the country that we are in, some of you might be speaking some negative things and saying, you know, the economy, the shilling is dropping, the business, you know, environment is not conducive for the business that I want. You know, the, 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 the Ugandans are not ready to receive the gospel that we wanted to. We wish we could grow like this. We wish we could give like that. And there's so many excuses that we give. And Isaac, listening to God, God asked him to stay where he was. Tell your neighbor, say, stay where you are. God asked him to stay where he was and so in that land. If it was business that he was doing, he probably maybe didn't have capital. Maybe there were loans that he was paying back. Maybe he didn't have the expertise that he think that he needed compared to the other competitors to do what it was that he needed to do in the land. But God said, stay there and so in the land. And Isaac obeyed God. And scripture says in verse 12 that when he planted, he reaped a hundredfold. He reaped a hundredfold. Tell your neighbor multiplication. He reaped a hundredfold. Now I don't know how many people are in business or I don't know how many people are doing one thing or another hoping to get money back. Maybe you're even in a, in a, in a, in a job and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to beat and make some sales and everything. But Isaac reaped a hundredfold. And many times you get stuck at the hundredfold that Isaac reaped. But you need to understand that Isaac reaped in the land because he was willing to be obedient to the voice of God in asking him to stay in the land and to heed the instruction of God in that place. And so he moved from a place of not just being faithful, because I know we have many faithful Christians who are serving God and believing in God. But he moved from the place of faithfulness to the place of fruitfulness. From faithfulness to? From faithfulness to fruitfulness. And the Bible has a lot of things to say about fruitfulness. In the book of John chapter 15 and 16... Jesus speaking, the apostle says, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that would last. And I'm here to declare and decree this year that in 2019, that you shall bear fruit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? You will bear fruit. That is God's desire. That is Jesus' desire for us that we would bear fruit. It's not just about being faithful, but believing that the God that we serve would move us from the place of faithfulness to? I mean, many people have come and given testimonies. I mean, ask yourself, why not me? Why not, why not me? You are faithful. You're in church every Sunday. Season 21, you have been here. They said 6.30, you have come at 5. But this year, God wants to move you from the place of faithfulness to fruitfulness. Because that was Jesus' intention, that we might bear fruit. That our lives might have observable results. Observable results. Not that we know that we have the place in heaven, right? But that right here on earth, that we might have observable results. But the question is, even as Jesus has called us to be part of the vine, is it possible to be part of the vine and not bear fruit? Is it possible to be a vine in itself and not bear fruit? Okay, when I talk about vine, maybe it's a bit far for us. Is it possible to be a mango tree and not have mangoes and say that you are fruitful? 
In John chapter 15, verse 1 to 2, and this is Jesus talking specifically to his followers, says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Let's even stop there first. Which means that there were branches that were part of the vine that were not bearing fruit. And yet here Jesus is saying that abide in me because I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So some of the vines, some of the branches that were in the vine were not bearing fruit and had to be cut off. Because they were not fruitful. They were faithful. They were growing long. They probably even had leaves and were even, even sprouting other branches, but they were not bearing fruit. And so they were cut off. He says, while every branch that does not bear, well, he says, sorry, he said, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would even be more fruitful. I also want to say that even as God brings us the place of being fruitful in 2019. There are definitely certain things in your life that need to be cut off. It cannot be business as usual. There's a saying that it's only a fool who does the same thing over and over again and expects a different result. There's some things in your life that of a necessity have to be cut off. Some friends need to be cut off. Some businesses need to be cut off. Some unnecessary conversations need to be cut off. Don't worry, I'm talking to myself as well this evening. I'm not judging you. Of a necessity... Some TV time and some cinema time needs to be cut off. I've poked some people there. It's okay. But I'm just saying that there are certain things that need to be cut off that you might be able to bear even more fruit even in this coming year, 2019. That you would move from a place of just being faithful to being fruitful. Because it is possible to be part of the vine and not bear fruit. It's possible to be saved and sanctified and holy with holy hands lifted and still not bear fruit. Because faithfulness does not necessarily translate to fruitfulness. I know I'm messing with some people's theology this evening. But it's not enough for that you're blessed, saved, and sanctified and not increase in God's character and influence on this earth. Because even you being blessed is not just about you being blessed, but you becoming blessed so that you might be a blessing. The scripture said Isaac was so blessed that the people around him were annoyed. Said, why? Why? Why him? Why not me? He was so blessed. In fact, it says that, if you read further, it says, Abimelech, I said, dude, you're too blessed. Take your things and go, please. You can't be where we are and be as blessed as you are. It's time to move from faithfulness to it's time for you to multiply. It's time for you to multiply and reproduce the effect of God in your life here on earth. You know, you know there are some plants that are planted and it's just there. It's a mango tree, but there are no mangoes. So people sit under it. Boda Boda men hang their jackets inside the branches. That's all that happens. In fact, sometimes if it's dark, people go and, you know, ease themselves under the tree. That's all that happens. There is no fruit that is being born. And I dare say as a Christian, are you reproducing the effect of God's kingdom here on earth? 
Because as a body, we need to be fruitful. It's not enough to be faithful. You need to move the place of being fruitful. Because I know that I want to be fruitful. I want to be effective in the faith. I want to be effective in ministry. I want to be effective as a parent. I want to be effective as a spouse. I want to be effective as an entrepreneur. Scripture says, Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped a hundredfold. I just want to raise a point this evening that your obedience will determine your fruitfulness. Your obedience will determine your fruitfulness. They cannot be fruitfulness without obedience. Isaac could have done something else or could have moved maybe down to Egypt. Some of you are probably thinking right now, you know, Kampala is not working. I want to move down to Mbarara or up north to Gulu or I don't know where it is that you want to move to. But your obedience will determine your fruitfulness. And I believe many times that we bear no fruit because of disobedience. It's because of our disobedience many times that we bear no fruit. Prophet Samuel in the book of 1 Samuel 15 said, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offering and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? The question is, what is God asking you to do in 2019? What is God asking you to do in your business? What is God asking you to do in ministry? What is God asking you to do with your academics that you are not doing? Because you know, it's one thing for God to want to bless you and then to instruct you and then you choose to respond in disobedience rather than obedience to what it is that God is saying to you. He says, listen, he says, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of fat rams. Many times we get caught up in doing things that we think are a good idea and not about what God is saying is a God idea for you to execute. Because you know, you can hustle, you can work hard, but then I think I'd rather work smart and divinely knowing that even as I work that I'm able to reap a hundredfold simply because I have heeded the voice of God concerning the execution of a particular thing. And then he goes on to say, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And he says, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So it probably means that we have some witches and wizards and some idol worshippers in this place. <laughs> Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. We well, thank God the man of God has already spoken. People that are disrespecting their leaders. You are rebelling. That is witchcraft. I didn't say, the scripture says it, it's here. 1 Samuel chapter 15. He says, so because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. God is calling us to a place of fruitfulness. God is calling us to a place of authority. God is calling us to a place of kingship and rulership. But because we are functioning in rebellion and stubbornness, we have been rejected. I know this is a hard message to swallow at the beginning of the year. But it's important that I say it so that we can set the correct precedence for the remaining 12 months of the year. You want to start well so that you can finish well. It says obedience is better than sacrifice. And you need to understand that obedience is not convenient. It's not convenient. I'm blessed with three handsome, I'm, I'm just throwing it out for the for parents who have daughters in the next 20 years. I am blessed with three boys, handsome boys. I wish I had even a picture, but I'm blessed with the handsome boys. And many times when I give them an instruction, it's not because it's convenient. 
In fact, I say, <laughs> I'm married to a Nigerian. She's not dramatic. She's just very passionate about life. So, <laughs> when, when the boys are given an instruction, whether it's convenient or not, it's about doing what it is that you have been instructed to do. I have a three-year-old who is like, he's still trying out. You know, you tell him and then he, he stands and he's looking whether daddy or mommy will say something. I'm like, this young man does not know what's coming. <laughs> hmm? But it says foolishness is bound the heart of the child and only there. And this is not golf, by the way. This... I'm literally talking about the road of correction. But obedience is not convenient. When has it ever been convenient to obey? It's not convenient. I remember this, even this morning, I wanted to sleep, but the Lord was knocking on my, I just, my, my wife just found me at woken up, preparing and reading, because God was talking to me. I could have chosen to sleep, but I needed to obey for me to be fruitful, even this evening. How many times is it that God is calling you to do something and you're walking in disobedience? Can I talk to the single people this evening? You know, a lot of people are single and you're wondering why you're single, but the truth is that many of you are walking in disobedience. God has told you that that's the man, but you are refusing. And then the guys are saying that there are no women. Who told you there are no women? The woman is there. You're praying, God, I want a woman with good character. She has it. God, I want a woman who prays. She has it. God, I want her with her hips, lips, and fingertips all fixed. She has it. But yet... Because her foot is size 4 instead of the size 7 that you wanted, and God is saying she's the one, you have refused. No, because I need to tell you. Because this is nine years down the road, and people, you know, have you ever heard people saying, oh man, you guys, you're a poor couple, oh my God. Mose, I don't know how you found Ari, oh my God. Oh my gosh, it's such a wow. But the married people here can bear me witness that them, listen, that them choosing the person that they are with now was a question of obedience. There's no mistake. There's no mistake. My wife would tell, when, when, when God was speaking to me and telling me she was the one, I was like, oh, no, I don't want, no, she can't be the one. She, we are friends. Why are we, you know, I remember even when I asked her out, my wife said, but why are you spoiling our friendship? But in my heart, in my heart, I knew. But in my heart, I knew that she was the one. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll give her time to, to go around that mountain and come back until the Lord tells her that you have been around for too many years. And indeed, she did come back and God gave her a word. And here we are. is not convenient because it's going to require to do things that you're not particularly comfortable with. It's going to require you to step out in faith even when it doesn't look like it would work out at the end of the day. It's not convenient. 
Even for our Lord and Savior Jesus, dying on the cross was not convenient. I mean, this guy was God. I'm sure he had seen the flogging, the beating, the spitting, the poking, and he's like, I'm supposed to walk down that road. Scripture says, he says, he said, Lord, if it is possible, if it is possible, let this cup that I'm seeing that I need, let it pass. Then while he was there praying, he came back and found the guys that he was supposed to be praying with, his prayer partners, we had crashed many hours ago and we are sleeping. He said, you guys, this thing is serious. But it was about obedience. Obedience to what it was that God was asking him to do. And I dare say, your authority is going to lie in your obedience. Your authority lies in your obedience. You can't have authority if you're not obedient. You can't. How? When? You're being entitled about God to bless you, but that simple first fruit that he's asking you to sow, you have refused. You're asking for a breakthrough in your music project, but you can't come and serve in the worship team. I always tell people, I said, when you come to church and the place is all clean and organized, there's somebody who is at work making this happen. And then you come and like, mm, these chairs. <laughs> come and clean. Come and be part of something. I'm tired of Christians who are looking for convenience. There is nothing like the word convenience in Christianity. Nothing like convenience. It's about obedience. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, it says, Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives and they are crooked. But the righteous will live by faith. The first thing that even comes, even before you can respond in obedience, is that you have to have faith. As a righteous person, as a person walking with God, you have to function from a place of faith first before you can even translate into obedience. You have to have faith. If Jesus didn't have faith that the price that he was praying was going to bear fruit. If he didn't believe the plan that God had, then he would not have stepped out in faith. But God had given him a glimpse of the glory and said, look, this is where we are going. And for the glory that lay ahead, then he endured the cross. He had faith. I like the New Living Translation. It says, faith shows, this is Hebrews 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for is the evidence of things that we cannot see. You cannot walk in the space of obedience if you do not have faith. The reality of things that we hope for, the evidence of things that we cannot see. You have to believe. You have to believe. In verse 6, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Your obedience is not dependent on your immediate reward. That even as you step out in faith, understanding that this has nothing to do with the result, it has all to do with me being obedient and believing that God is able to reward those who diligently seek him. We have too many microwave Christians who will just want it fast, fast, immediately. The noodle kind of faith and delivery. I want it now. I want it now. Because your faith is what's going to determine your obedience. Your faith will determine your obedience. You can't obey if you don't have faith. There is nobody... You know, the assumption is many times, Mose, that 
that when people give, it's because they have a lot. When people give, it's because they have what? But it is out of obedience, faith, knowing that even as I give. I told this story a couple of times. I mean, I told this a couple of weeks ago in church. When I moved back from, from Nairobi, I didn't have a car. But then I had a car in Nairobi, but for, whatever, for some reason I wasn't able to cross with it. And then while I was thinking about buying a car, God said, give that one. I said, what? In this Kampala. Forget, there was no Uber, taxi, all those things were not there yet. You know, all these luxuries that you're enjoying. It was that Buddha Buddha guy or that special guy. And you know how those guys charge. And God said, give it. I said, but God, but you know that I don't have a car. He said, yeah, I know. give the car. But why? Those are the questions that always cross you. And I remember, I, remember, I remember giving it. And first I was like, okay, let me look for, you know, in my mind I was like, let me look for a less privileged person that I think God. I said, no, 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 no. I want you to give it here. In fact, he wanted me to give it to the church. And I was like, man. And I remember calling, calling one of the pastors who I had left the logbook with, and I said, um, you know that logbook you have? He said, uh, yes. I said, um, just take it to the office. Uh, when the office opens, he says, what for? I'm like, no, no, no. I, yeah, just give the car. It's part of my, you know, it's part of my, 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 my sacrifice. And it was unbelievable for him because he also knew the situation I was in. And I told the driver who had the car who had been repairing it for sale, go and drive the car and go and drive it and park it in the parking lot of the, of the church. And so, you know, where, you know where you look at people driving past you and like, you know, you know you, when, you, when you have money, like, I'm, I'm about to save up, I'm going to buy a car. But I used to see those cars passing, I'm like, I can't even buy a car, I'm not even going to think about it. But no sooner than I had done that, and you know, I was saying, I remember saying, you know, I want this kind of car because, you know, we're going to do ministry. We need this, this, that, that, like that. And I remember, so two weeks later, um, my old man calls me. And for some people, you know, sometimes when you say my dad or my family member, people, people take it for granted. After all, it's your family. Uh, it's not like that, by the way. It's, it's not like that. Huh? It's, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's a bit complicated. <laughs> so, but, you know, so when you get a phone call, it's like, um, so, um, yeah, mm, just come. There's, there's a car there, I don't know. I, I'm like, just, just look at it, tell me what you think. So I, I mean, somebody asked me to come and drive the car and tell me what I think. I will drive the car and tell them what I think about the car. So I drove the car, I was like, well, this is a good car. He's like, okay, yeah. So you had said you wanted to buy a car. I said, like, yeah, so uh, do you want this one? I said, I don't have money. He said, no, but how much do you have? I said, sir, I do not have money for this car that you're offering me. I can't buy it now. He's like, how much do you have? I said, ah. He's like, how much can you give me? I said, okay, yeah, we hooked up a car number. I said, maybe every month I can give you this so much. He's like, ah. okay, you just stay with the car. I'll call you back. So I was getting ready to drive back the car from where I'd gotten it, pending when the agreement is confirmed. He said, then I called, I said, oh, by the way, I have, I'm about to return. He said, no, 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 just hold it and stay with it, we shall talk. And so what happened was that eventually afterwards, he said, um, so um, you can have the car and I'm paying 50%, pay me the other 50% when you have it. Just pay me slowly, slowly until you have it. And that was the miracle of having a car two weeks after sewing the car that God had, God had asked me to sew. And that's how obedience works. Many times that it's not from a place of convenience, but it's about you trusting God. Have you ever looked at a car and say, I want it, but I have absolutely no money? You know, when I look at, when I look at men who they have a job, they have a house, they have a car, they have more to business. I say, ah, I don't think I'm married for marriage. I said, I said, that's witchcraft. 
If you serve a living God, God will make it work out for you. In Jesus' name. I've heard the story of your pastor, how this church was planted. It was not out of convenience. And it was definitely not out of the place of abundance that this church was planted. But there was an abundance of faith and obedience in that space. Amen. Your faith will determine your obedience. You have to have the conviction and resolve that you know and believe that you serve a God who says he will do what he will do. Scripture says God is not a man that he should lie. In fact, New Living Translation says he's not human. He doesn't change his mind. You know people change their minds. They say, I'll do for you. They say, but you know this year is hard. Can we postpone this thing to maybe later in the year, maybe in December, or, or maybe let's, let's, let's target 20, uh, 2020. Scripture says he's not, he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine. He is able. He is able. And it's interesting when you talk about faith and then talk about obedience. Because many times, because these days, our faith, our faith work has become about logic, has become about planning, has become about strategy. So that when God says a thing, most times the first thing that comes to your mind is doubt rather than faith. Because you are looking at the situation with your two naked eyes instead of looking at the situation with your spiritual eyes. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. This is Isaiah 55. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That even as you walk in the year 2019, that you shall walk in a space of faith. Faith that translates to your obedience. Your obedience that translates to your being fruitful. From faith to obedience. From obedience to fruitfulness. Because we can go on and on. And I know right now this is, this is day five. Coincidentally, there are, there, are, there are a number of churches throughout the country that are praying, right? We started, we started Mavuno Church, we started our, our prayer and fasting on, on Monday. You started on Sunday? You started on Sunday, we started on Monday. How tragic would it be that after 21 days of praying and fasting that God is speaking and then you walk out of this season 21 and not obey what it is that God is asking you to do. And go through the rest of the year with no fruit. I know it's a bit scary when you think about it. That you're thinking about, you're like, Pastor, we have not even started the year. You're, are you prophesying that if I don't obey that there's going to be fruitlessness the rest of the year i'm not professing fruitlessness all i am saying is that it is necessary for us to walk in obedience that we might be fruitful it is necessary for us to walk in obedience that we might be fruitful and i don't know what this means for you i don't know what it is that god is impressing upon your heart to do in 2019 Whether it's in the space of ministry, whether it's in the space of family, whether it's in the space of business, there is something that God is impressing on upon your heart to do. And it's important that even as we hear his words that are being spoken this evening, that we would walk in obedience of what it is that God is asking us to do. Amen? Amen. Gaze a bit too quiet for me this evening. Don't worry, I'm almost done. Obedience. I know I've said many things this evening, but just understand 
that you that you need to walk in obedience in the year 2019. And obedience is not relative. You know those things where people throw it. I know it's relative. Truth is relative. Obedience is obedience. God spoke to Isaac and said, stay in this land and so in this land. And you know many times God gives you an instruction, but then in your, in your wisdom and in your cunningness, you try to improvise on the, on the instruction that you have received. He said, don't go this direction. He told me to go there, but uh, since I'm not going there, but I will go this side as long as I've not gone this side. He has said, don't get married to that man. You're being unequally yoked. But say, but he comes to church at least. He's not saved, but at least every so often, you know, he has been here for like, for like two days of season 21, maybe. But God is talking to you and he's giving you an instruction. And many times God is going to speak to you. <laughs> you, know, you know, Moses, your word is so timely because God is going to speak to you through men and women of God in your life. And then you refuse to obey. You refuse to obey. They are more anointed than the man of God in their lives. And then you refuse to obey the instruction that God is giving you. I want to say, please, be careful how you choose to obey God's instruction this year. Because the word will come forth. And you see, you have a choice. Isaac had a choice to stay or not to stay. He had a choice to sow or not to sow. And in the same way, you have a choice to do or not to do, to sow or not to sow, to give or not to give. What is it that God is impressing upon your heart to do? What is it that he's impressing on your heart to do? Because we can say many things, but my prayer, even as I close this evening, is that we'll be able to walk through faith in obedience and walk in fruitfulness in 2019. Men, it's not my prayer even for my worst enemy to be in a place of not bearing any fruit in this coming year. Because I'm excited about 2019, about what it is that God wants to do. Like there's too much to do. There's so much blessing that God wants to bless us and yet we choose on our own volition to walk in disobedience rather than obedience. Psalm 27 and verse 4. The psalmist says, the one thing I ask of the Lord the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. I pray that even as we go into the year that our hearts would be inclined towards the things of God. That we would be keen on being in a space where that, that we are hearing what it is that God is saying. It's not in the gossip circles that you're going to hear what it is that God is saying. It's not in the gossip column in the newspaper or magazines that you're going to hear what it is that God is saying. Some has said, my desire, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections, delighting in the perfect plan of God for me. 
and meditating in his temple. That my thoughts would be about what it is that God wants to do. Not what, about I, what, what I want to do, but what, what it is that God wants to do in my life. That we would not waste our time in, in executions, in sacrifice that are not godly. Because you understand that sometimes many of us sacrifice, but the sacrifice is not what God is asking us for. He's asking you to obey. He's asking you to obey. And I know we're in a generation where people do not want to listen. People believe that they know what they want to do. But that this year that you would dare to hear the voice of God and to heed God's instruction, even as you walk into 2019. And I just want to pray this evening. Because I believe that God has been speaking to somebody over the last couple of days. God has been speaking. God has been speaking. God has been speaking. That you would say yes to what it is that God is asking you to do this year. Say yes. Let not my will, but let your will be done. Says yes, my soul says yes, says yes to your will. My soul says yes, says yes, says yes, my soul. Says yes to your will. I just want to ask that. My soul says yes. You know that God has been talking to you over the past couple of days. But yet you have refused to do what it is that God is asking you to do. But I just want us to use this opportunity to say yes to God's will and to God's purposes for our life. Somebody, might not be everybody, but if God has been speaking to you, I just want you to just stand in sweet surrender to God this evening. You know what it is that God has been asking you to do, but yet you have been refusing. Would you dare to stand and surrender this evening? Just stand where you are. you lead me, I will follow. Just stand. When you call me, I will answer, oh my Lord, please teach me how Just stand where to you are. know your will. Where you lead me, I will follow. When you call me, I will answer, oh my Lord. Please teach me how to know your will. My, my soul says yes. Says yes. Says yes. Yes, my, my soul, soul says yes. 
says yes to your will. Now, if on your feet, I just want you to just lift up your hands to God. And I want you to take a minute and pray. And I want you to do whatever it is that God is asking you to do. I want you to begin to accept it right now. You know that particular thing that God is asking you to do? But that you would say yes. That his obedience, obedience to his word would not be relative this evening, but you would heed the instruction that God is giving. I want you to open your mouth and speak and say, God, I say yes. What moment you choose, whatever you plan, oh dear Lord, let your will be done. As Moses said, God is calling some people to ministry, but they are refusing. But even as you feel that deep burden and impression on your heart this evening, that you would say yes. It has nothing to do with your skills, but it has all to do with your obedience to what it is that God is saying to you. Many of you have, have, God has been asking some of you to step up in leadership in many ministry spaces, but yet you're saying no. You're not willing to lead a missional community. You're not, lead to, you're not willing to, to lead a huddle and to, to gather people together. You are saying no, but this evening that you would say yes. For somebody, God is asking you to sow a seed towards the work that is going on, but you have been postponing and postponing and postponing and right now, we're even in the beginning of the year 2019, still you're postponing. But this evening that you would resolve in your spirit to say yes and to walk in obedience and dare God, believing that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, that as you obey, that you're submitting your will and your purpose to God's hands. Scripture says, I know the plans that I think towards you, those of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Say yes this evening. Say yes this evening. My soul says yes. Says yes. Says yes, my soul says yes, says yes to you. My soul says yes, my soul says yes, says yes, Lord, says yes, we say yes, says yes, my soul says yes, says yes. Said my soul says yes. My soul says yes. I say yes, Lord. Says yes. I say yes. Say yes. My soul says yes. Says yes. Says yes to your will. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. Say yes. Says yes. Says yes. My soul says yes. Says yes to your will. I just want to ask that you put your hand on your head. And I want this to be your prayer this evening that the Lord would increase your faith. Pray for yourself and say, Lord, increase my faith. Say, Father, increase my faith that I might be able to walk in obedience. That even when the situation looks scary, Lord, and it makes no sense and there's no logic, Lord, that I would be able to step out in faith. That like Peter, I would be able to step upon the water, oh God, Heavenly Father.
that I would be able to, to defy the natural and experience the divine this evening in the name of Jesus. Come on church, pray. Because this is for everybody. That God would increase our faith. I know you think you have faith, but that you would dare God this evening. I said, Lord, increase my faith. That if I'm even in the hundredfold realm, that I would move to the two hundredfold realm in the name of Jesus. Father, I submit to your will and to your way. I surrender to you. I surrender to you, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Use me for your glory, Lord. Use me for your glory, Jesus. In my weakness, be my strength. In my lack, be my provision, Jesus. And my soul says yes, says yes, say yes, say yes. My soul says yes, says yes to your will. My soul says yes, my soul says yes, say yes, says yes, says yes. Father, we surrender to your will and to your purpose this evening. We surrender to your instruction, O oh God, that you have given us. And Father, I ask, Lord, that even as I pray for every, everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would increase our faith, O oh God, that we might walk in obedience in the name of Jesus. That, Father, even when we don't know where to turn left or right, Lord, that you would direct us, Lord, and that we would heed that direction in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that every spirit, Lord, every spirit of fear, oh God, would be removed this evening in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, oh God, for that that we cannot understand, oh God, would be removed this evening in the name of Jesus, oh God. Father, we open our hearts and our minds to receive that that you have spoken concerning us. That we would bear fruit in this year, O oh God. That we would sow in the land, O oh God, and reap a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you for your word, O oh God. And even as we continue, Lord, to wait on you, O oh God, that even as you speak, O oh Lord, that we would hear you, that we would not reject your voice, O oh God, simply because of disobedience. Father, forgive us, Lord, for our rebellion. For times when we have said no when we ought to say yes, we ask for your forgiveness this evening. That even as we start this year, Lord, Heavenly Father, that we believe that all things would be made new. That all things have passed away. And so we thank you and we bless you. Even as we walk in your grace, as we walk in your mercy, O oh God, Heavenly Father, to possess that that you have given us, to possess that that you have promised us, O oh God. That we would move, Lord, from being not just faithful, Lord, but to being fruitful, God. That your name might be glorified. That your people would be edified and transformed. And so we thank you and we bless you this evening. For we pray this with thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. And you all say? Come on, come on, come on. Praise the Lord this evening. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Of a new Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or 
call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.